It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, how's it going? Welcome in to the Dublin and Denver podcast. First ever video podcast that we've done, ever. Uh, how are we all doing? Colin, Stuart, how's it for him? Um, well, it's uh, it's certainly uh, early, earlier than I thought we would be getting this news, Michael. Um, but I, I hope that it marks uh, a new dawn for Broncos country after what has been um, a difficult three years. Stuart, are you happy, man? I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on dry January, Michael. So this is full disclosure. This is his Guinness Zero, which is, in fairness, a tremendous non-alcoholic beer. Um, so I, I thought I should probably just to uh, say goodbye to Vic. Um, I'm going to try to avoid what I'm saying about Vic. Try to be avoid getting hit by the bus that he seems uh, seemed very keen on driving over pretty much everybody in the building as he was leaving. Um, I don't know, myself and Colin were chatting sort of early this morning and, and you're kind of wondering, like, you know, the way he was talking and, and the things he was doing to justify sort of last night, you, you, you hoped that he must have got wind the change was, was coming because, you know, we can all think that subpar quarterback play has led to his wretched uh, record against AFC West opponents, but y- you don't actually say that <laughs> do you know what i mean um and then when you're questioned on uh why you went for a field goal which i think should kind of um you know should be the summation of his tenure as head coach going for a field goal in a game that effectively is meaningless he said the analytics people told him to do it um so you know i mean i, I again you'd, you'd, you'd sort of hope perhaps that he knew then so yeah like as colin said a little earlier than we thought i i thought they may wait until tomorrow um, but yeah, look, let's let's get this this new era started. And uh, thanks, Vic, for the 
memories. Um, trying to think what they actually were, but yeah, maybe come back to me on that one. I'll share this. Take some. I'll come back to you in a second, and, and we'll see the crack. Obviously, part of the Mile High Report podcast network uh, appreciate everyone watching in if you are watching in we're only live on twitter here if you want to get your questions in or if you have any comments you want to make feel free to get them on here and we'll try and get them read out before the end of this broadcast if you have been living under a rock for the last 42 minutes uh, vic fangio has been released from his position at the denver broncos the broncos put out a statement uh, from george payton saying i have tremendous respect for vic and all he's accomplished in the nfl over the last year i appreciate his partnership friendship and a tireless work ethic he demonstrated as our head coach um just skipping through half of this our search to find the next head coach of the broncos will be a co comprehensive collaborative process uh, we're approaching it with an open mind uh, and look forward to spending time with some outstanding candidates the foundation in place the progress has been made and the resources we have to get better i'm excited about the future of our team we'll find an outstanding leader and a head coach for the broncos well i'm, I'm excited after that there uh, thanks for the comments thanks to Marius, I'll appreciate your considered continued support in covering the team. Cheers with coffee from Denver. Thank you. If you have any comments, folks, get them in column. Uh, I haven't let you speak yet. Sorry. Uh, Vic, Vic Fangio, free uh, and out, finally. Yeah, I mean, like, the uh, you uh, it's very difficult i did some research um i suppose over the the past week to look at because we had discussed how there was talk that vic may be retained and even up to yesterday's game there was still talk that perhaps he could be retained and when you looked at the head coaches who had been retained after losing their opening three seasons that doesn't necessarily mean it was their first time as hc but uh, they're at that franchise the record after for year four and potentially year five as some of these guys got was generally um, pretty abysmal. The outliers to that tended to be guys who came in as maybe interim HCs in their first uh, year and um, kind of didn't go well then the, the two full seasons after and some of them got it together a little bit more than others. Um, the, the Lions probably being the, um, the outlier of outliers. But... Um, you know, Vic Fangio is obviously a very talented defensive coordinator, but Vic Fangio is a, another individual who, and it, 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 that happens, it happens frequently, who it's difficult to make the jump from coordinator to head coach. It's a totally different skill set. You can be a fantastic coordinator, you can be great with the X's and O's, but it's a different skill set entirely to be um, the head coach of an NFL franchise. I always felt, and Stuart and I have discussed this, that he got off to a bad start with his in kind of questioning of Von Miller as soon as he walked in the door. There were time management issues from from the off. Now that you can accept that if he you know learns from them, but they just seem to continue, not just throughout year one, but throughout year two and year three. And whilst his you know players obviously were were playing for him they never quit in, in they they did play hard he, it's a results business michael we spoke to jeff reinbold this morning and Je uh, jeff has been coaching in um, the game of football in various capacities for 30 years and he talked about that he said the reality is is that it doesn't matter how your players feel about you or you know what you know, if they are playing hard, this is a results oriented business. You have got to get results. And ultimately, that is what has led to Vic Fangio being relieved of his duties. 
And what I would say is I, I'm interested to, to maybe see Vic's comments now because last night's comments and over the week, I don't think, I think when Vic reflects on it, I think maybe he'll look back and say, I should have probably handled it better. I think if you were to compare and contrast that to say Justin Simmons comments and what a leadership he showed and, um, you know, in the, in the, and stepping up to the podium and, and taking it on the chin and, you know, being reflective and, you know, I think that is taking ownership of the situation. I think Vic, we may see that now, um, but I, I would say that it wasn't, he 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 can't look back at that and say, yeah, the last few days were were really the way I wanted to handle this. Yeah, and just thanks everyone for the comments. Uh, Gridiron, uh, I think Brian, Brian, I've missed your comments. Sorry, it's disappeared off screen, but thank you for the comment. Uh, thank you, Chichu, as well. I'll put that on screen in a second. Uh, Gary, Jerry, Jerry, good morning from Utah. Not that I'm happy people are losing jobs, but excited for the offseason. Adam Malnati, got to win to keep your job. Hi, Adam. How's the form? Uh, Column absolutely right. Moving from a coordinator to HC is a massive jump. That's from Connor Mac34. Keep getting your comments and I'll try and get them in. We have got some breaking news from Mike Cliss. Uh, Pat Shermer is also out. Uh, I guess not very surprising, but uh, I'm just intrigued. Sure that this is all came out so quickly and thankfully before the the rest of this week 18 slate starts, so we can actually sit down and enjoy some football, knowing that there's been a bit of change about this team. Yeah, sorry, Mick. I'm, I'm still slightly flabbergasted by Mike Cliss's tweet there. A strong man and a few drop. What was it? A few drop passes might have kept. Dro- I mean, like, <laughs> re- like really? I mean, I'm good at Mike Loss's tick. His big blue oh, tick. Yeah, well, if he keeps putting out tweets like that, he, he's you know he's losing his tick is going to be the least of his worries. Um, I mean, that's what it, like you know for me that like it, and, and the chap who made the comment. Look, you, you don't want to be you know, effectively dancing on somebody's grave in regards to people losing their jobs and sort of celebrating and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, I think we, we kind of touched on it on the, the, the most recent podcast we did. It, there was a genuine fear amongst all three of us, I think, and I presume amongst an awful lot of Broncos country as well, that they seemed to be sort of talking themselves into keeping Vic on. And and it was like, you know, he gets a new offensive coordinator, a new special teams coach and, a, and a, you know, and a, and a and a top draw quarterback and he'd be fine. And you're like, well, it's not not the case for everybody in that if that's you know, if there's true to it. Like you can't the thing that if you if you're making the same mistakes year in, year out, if you're not showing any signs of, of growth, you know, like you look at last night's game, which I think sort of encapsulated finds you in a nutshell, you you have a lot you have offenses which are you know, one aspect of the offense is working, the other isn't. So the run game was working really well last night. The pass game took an awful lot long time to get warmed up and uh, the defense fought held it in there uh, and yet again then failed to stop the uh the opponents on a drive when it really mattered that kind of summed up fangio for me um but again like the, the the most baffling decision i've seen in years is to not go for it in fourth down you're going to need to score a touchdown even if you kick the field goal which they did they're you know in that case you're, you're losing 28 24. if you go from fourth down at, at that point you're probably going to have slightly better field position against the Chiefs anyway. And even if you do stop the Chiefs, you're still going to have to score a touchdown because the field goal isn't going to do anything. I mean, that, like this is, you know, yes, it's it's clear that this man is a brilliant defensive mind. Do you know who else was a much better defensive mind who was also, I think by his own admission, not much of a head coach was Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Yeah, Wade Phillips. Is a, and Wade Phillips actually can put the bling on the table to back it up. 
you know, he, he's got more than just an, an NFC championship like Vic has. Wade Phillips is a brilliant defensive coordinator. And Wade Phillips was fired. And I think he probably has a better head coaching record than than uh, Fangio did. And, um, you know. Yeah, so no, yeah, he do, I mean, in goes, fairness, yeah, in fairness yeah. to Wade, he, he gets a lot of grief um, over his um, head coaching record. But I think some of that is just because he's so good as a DC. But Wade is above 500. Um, mm. as overall in his in his tenure as uh, as a head coach. Some of his time as a head coach, like when he took over at the, the Saints, um, like that was a very difficult situation. He comes in and, he, you know, he's one and three at other times. Uh, like his first year in the Broncos, he's nine and seven. His second year, he, he's, seven, he's seven and nine. Um, I, I think that it, it is like, and just to say about like Fangio, he's going to get a, a job elsewhere. There is no doubt that Vic Fangio is a very, very good coordinator. And I don't think anyone is, is arguing that point. It's just in terms of HC, I, he, it didn't work in Denver. Yeah, and I think, Colm, for me, I, I, I found that bizarre that that was being used. To, it seemed like um, as some sort of reason to keep him because, oh, within minutes, this guy's going to have a defensive coordinator gig lined up. So what? Big deal. We're talking about a head coach. We're talking about a defense. If Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator, we'd all be screaming now if he was let go because you could see he's clearly done a great job. He's the head coach. He's not the defensive coordinator only. I think he seemed to 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 want that he that he wished that he was just the defensive coordinator because by his own admission, he didn't really pay much attention to the offense, which was as clear as day. Didn't look like he paid much attention to the special teams either. Hence, Tom McMahon. Uh, who still hasn't been fired yet, by the way. Um, sure. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, maybe they're doing it alphabetically and, and Tom comes after, you know, comes after Pat. But, um, yeah, look, obviously, Shermer, we, we, we've we spoken about it before. Shermer was a disastrous um, hire from, from, from every sort of uh, perspective you want to look at. And I do think as well this is interesting that apart from very, very rare exceptions, players and coordinators – after a considerable period of time in the league, they kind of are who they are at that stage. So waiting for these guys to turn into something that they've never been before, it's kind of chasing fool's gold, to be honest with you. Teddy Bridgewater, he was exactly what we expected him to be. Pat Shermer was exactly what he's always been, bar that one or two sort of seasons, one of which was the miraculous um, Case Keenum season, which culminated in that Hail Mary in Minnesota. The rest of the time, Pat Shermer has been an absolutely brutal, offense coordinator or brutal head coach he's he's a cellar dweller he's his offenses have always been down in the bottom five or six and we sort of seem to think that he's the guy that's going to turn all these weapons in it's ridiculous so i think it kind of feeds into the next you know this exhaustive search that um george payton is going to embark on now we really need to get this right we cannot afford another two years because you know it's very rare that a head coach be fired after one year if it's a complete disaster maybe you tend to give them two years we don't really have two more years of this you know i mean that the, the the stadium last night was was parts of it looked half empty and an awful lot of the people who were there were wearing red jerseys and red t-shirts you know yeah, I find that myself there seemed to be a lot of red it's obvious what they thought you know so column stuart mentioned there about fan Jew's remarks I think I think one thing did stand out, and obviously I think Justin Simmons spoke very well at the end. But if anyone is wondering what Colm said, this is what uh, Vic Fangio said to Andrew Mason from the NVR right after the game yesterday. The last couple of years, only 
two division wins in that span. What do you think is separating this team from the rest of the AFC West? Well, I mean, those other three teams have top-shelf quarterbacks, okay, which is obvious to everybody. Really? Really? Because you seem happy enough whenever you brought Teddy Bridgewater in. I I have pocket presence like Tom Brady, just the top, top QB in this league. I fully understand that at the time, you know, Colin, you're right. He probably knew that was it. And there's probably, you know, anger, remorse, whatever there. But my God, what the hell was that? Am, am I wrong? Because that, that, I, I actually think that lets the team down, never mind anybody else. You know, Drew Locke sitting there, okay, he, he might not have had the greatest game yesterday. He might not have had the worst game yesterday, but he's sitting there. Teddy Bridgewater sitting there going, really? Yeah. It's, I, it's not I, a great I, thing to hear. No, no it, it, it isn't. And, and that's why I think Vic will look and, and reflect on that and, and kind of say, yeah, I, can't, I, could, I could have handled that a little bit different. But I think there is anger um, from Vic. I think maybe he knew this was coming. Um, I mean, the, the comments um, the uh, in an interview with um, Mark, Kisla, he said, if they run me out of here, I'll find work in the NFL without any trouble. If they run me out of here, I mean, it's it's almost inflammatory language. And I think Vic will look back on that and, and regret that because I've, most of the Denver media are coming out and saying they really enjoyed working with Vic over the, the past three years. And... Um, so I so I just probably think that this this week wasn't a great one, and maybe he on reflection he'll he'll look back. But he I I don't think that he can um, he can complain too much. I mean the three losing like Mace has pointed this out today three losing seasons, two four game losing streaks this year, a three and ten record with um, teams better than four and twelve this year. One and five um, in divisional over the past in both of the last two years, and um, an average of ten thousand no shows over the past six home games. You know, it's it's the it's the cumulative effect of all of those things, and I think also just to to say that like you don't have you know a, a top shelf QB. Well, the others have, have managed to, like, the Nick Sirianni has Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was around mm-hmm. two. Um, QB wasn't a, an off-the-shelf um, Justin Herbert um, type. They had to scheme. And what the Eagles did was they came up with a game plan in order to get them in to, to the playoffs. So it's possible to come up with a plan um, to, to utilize your best assets. And that is, as a head coach, that is an area where I think Vic um, failed. And you can't just point to one side of the ball when you're a head coach. You are responsible for both sides of the football, offense and defense. Is it too early to ask who I who we want in as uh, our new head coach? Is it too early? Have you thought about it? I, I've been thinking about Dan Quinn for the last six or seven days. Well, I, mean, I can see Stuart's face already going. Well, I mean, look, Dan Quinn was. It depends, Michael. I mean, I think I think Tyler Palomas during the week was, and in fairness to Tyler, he was adamant that that uh, he never wavered that Fangio wasn't coming back. Palomas kind of made the point that you know, generally speaking, if if you've got old and defense and you get rid of it, then you tend to go young and offense. Just usually the way the NFL works. 
now the Broncos have proven to be sort of, sort of, uh, almost sort of, um, uh, perversely sort of, uh, ordinary when it comes to booking the trend. Um, but I think if that's the case, then you might be better off looking for one of those, those young guys, those young offensive, um, types, or if it is to be Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn has done a really great job with that, uh, that Dallas defense, uh, bizarrely, apart from the game against us, which is just makes no sense whatsoever now on reflection. Uh, but he he actually does have a, a defense that earned has has you know steps up in key moments, unlike Vix, which seems to flatter to deceive an awful lot of the time. Um, if Dan Quinn is somebody who's going to be appointed, he, he needs to make sure his offensive coordinator is is somebody who's got fresh ideas somebody who's you know capable of working with what he has a lot of it seemed like Shermer was hell-bent on fitting the players into into his system rather than the other way around um you know so somebody like for example if Jalen Hurts had had the misfortune of being drafted by the Broncos and Pat Shermer as his offensive coordinator what would we have done we would have tried to turn Jalen Hurts into a pocket passer you know that this is what we would have tried to do because that's what that's what we do so if if it's somebody like Dan Quinn or or you know, and, and I don't mean retread in a, in, a, in a negative way. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that does sound overly harsh. I don't mean it like that. Um, but if it is to be somebody like Dan Quinn, you, you have to get the balance right on the other side. Um, but I, personally speaking, would prefer us to go the Cliff Kingsbury route, the Arizona route. I'd prefer us. You know, if results go our way, we could be picking eighth or seventh in the draft um, by the time it comes around. We've got plenty of capital in round two. I'd love us to go up, get our quarterback once and for all, and suit the team around him. Um, as we've been advocating, let's do it the way the NFL has been doing it successfully. It's not the only way you can do it. There are other ways, but it's the way that seems to work most consistently. Um, I think it's time for us to finally embrace the fact that this is a franchise that's in a tailspin. Um, and I think we need to do what franchises who have high draft picks um, and have no quarterback tend to do, which is to go all in and find one and build the team around him. It's it's years too late. We should have done it with Josh Allen, but it's time now. And if if it doesn't work, as we've said before, if it doesn't work this year, if you pick Kenny Pickett, if you pick Matt Corral, it doesn't work, go again. Go again. The uh, few comments, Chichu says, the Fangio era has not taken us one step forward. The problems are still the same problems. X27 says, we don't need another defensive mind as head coach. Stuart, I personally think, Colin, like I, I think just in regards to what Stuart said, you know, go get a veteran. Go get a veteran head coach as well. Get two guys in that are proven winners with this team that we have now because everyone said all season at the start of the season that we were close and we were a quarterback away. Uh, I mean, the Broncos only lost by, what, four points yesterday against the Chiefs, so go get a quarterback. Go get the main man. Go get Aaron Rodgers. Go get Russell Wilson. Go hell. Go and get Pete Carl and Russell Wilson. Am I crazy? Look, I, I would be concerned yeah. Yeah. if yes, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the thing that would annoy me in in all seriousness, though, the, the thing that would really frustrate me is if this is read up by Wednesday, you know, or next week. Take your time. Get the right guy in. The guy that's going to actually make a difference. If it's long term, that's fine. At least an indication from Peyton that that is the matter. That's fine. But you know, you look back in the last twelve months now, and and you start to think, Jesus, you know, we, we've wasted we, we've wasted another year here. You know, Peyton comes in. If we'll never know, maybe we'll know 10, 20 years down the line. Was he fully sold on Fangio? 
Maybe he should have got rid of him then. I don't know. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's, Sorry, it's Col- a tough so call. I, I, I think he handled it well. Sorry, Colm. I think I think Peyton handled the Fangio's situation well. I think the right it was the right thing to give him one year because I think it would have been a mistake to come in all guns blazing. So I, I think he's I think he's done the right thing in that regard. Sorry, Colm. Go ahead. I just think it's it's really tough to know exactly what you're going to get when when you appoint a head coach. It, like everything, you're taking an, a chance. And when you look at, at some of the chances, I think that maybe people ha- have taken, like the Steelers are probably the ultimate one, right? In that they they have a culture and a history there of appointing coaches in their 30s. And they're not always the biggest names, um, you know, but my, Mike Tomlin came over as defensive coordinator from the Steelers and uh, has never had a losing season in 15 years. Um, you obviously had um, Coach Cower before him. Chuck Noel before him, and that is the the culture that they have there. Um, Sean Payton at the the Saints is a, is another one. He was very young when he came across uh, from Dallas. He was brash. He was the bright young thing. Um, so it, it's difficult. You're always taking a chance. You're really looking at, um, I suppose, the the leadership capabilities. I think realistically, um, given the history in Colorado, Eric Bieniemy won't be um probably in in consideration um the other names that you see mentioned alongside quinn are hackett who's the the packers um, offensive coordinator um i've seen mention of byron lefwich um who obviously down with the the bucks um brian dable for who's the with the the bills is their oc and uh kellen moore for from the cowboys so I suppose what you would like to see is that that whoever comes in that they they recognize I suppose that they whether they are you know on offensive minded or defensive minded they got to get their coordinators right but they've got to make a plan in terms of getting the QB. So when you look at say the Chiefs obviously with Mahomes they went up and got him and the Bills went up and they got um Josh Allen and the the Chargers did the same and then the Bills built around Josh Allen and they built to his strengths um sometimes as we've said around Jalen Hurts kind of fell to the Eagles and given the situation with Carson Wentz and they've done the best they can but they don't know if Jalen Hurts is a lot is the the long-term answer but I what I would like to see is if we are going to commit to a QB and I Michael at this point I think um all the stories are that the Seahawks won't trade Russell Wilson, that he is very likely there next year. Aaron Rodgers talks more and more about staying. And I think probably what you might see is Jordan Love might be on the market potentially rather than Aaron Rodgers. Um, so it looks like that the Texans will probably trade um, Sean Watson. All right. The 16th of March is the one being talked about, but the Dolphins seem to be the the prime movers there and that's all obviously on his 
his all of his legal issues um, and they are numerous getting um, sorted. So um, I do think you're, you're absolutely spot on in taking the time to, to get it right. They don't have absolutely have to um, get this done overnight. Um, really consider it and, and see what is the way to go. But we need um, to, we, under Pat Boland, we had a, a winning culture here. We never had back-to-back losing seasons, and that came from the top. We're going to have new owners. That could have uh, an, an impact um, as well. Maybe that's why they're looking at Dan Quinn as a kind of a, a shorter-term option. So I, I'm really interested um, to, to see what is going to happen here. Yeah, and that's the point as well. Stuart comes to me at this whole new ownership situation. If if new owners would come in in March or April time, I think that's the date column, isn't that around that? Time isn't that right? That's yeah, supposed to be March, yeah. You know, what happens if they want to flip house, or will they wait a year? Or you know, it, it's it's just it's so it's so you you can't call what's happening. I mean, there's so much uncertainty. It's just unreal. Yeah, the the timing isn't ideal. Um, in one sense, but I mean, I think in in, in another sense, you kind of go this this thing has been dragging on for so long. It needs to be fixed uh, at, at some point. Um, I would imagine in, in that case, what they might do is um, maybe wait and see, give it a year, same thing. Um, and if the head coach isn't to their liking, then they'll they'll pull the trigger. If if George Payton isn't to their liking, they'll pull the trigger as well. Um, but I think you know, long term, that's something that has to be sorted. Um, so I think uh, you know, we, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. I guess the first thing that, you, that they're actually able to fix is the head coach. Um, so in that regard, I suppose, you know, this was an important first step. The other the other bits and pieces, I think, will probably fall into place then. Um, but yeah, probably not. Not ideal um, from, an, you know, the ownership's sort of point of view. But I guess that Peyton's just going to have to... I think he just has to assume that 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 they will sort of take a backseat for a little while. Um, now, you don't know. You, it depends on who, who buys the team, you know, then... They're obviously going to be extraordinarily wealthy, and extraordinarily wealthy people um, have, have, you know, usually have a sort of a, um, a tendency to, to do exactly what they want and get what they want. So maybe they'll just completely come in and blow everything up, including George Payton. But I, I don't know. I, I think they'd probably, if they took a leaf out of Payton's book, do what he did and give it a year and see how it plays out. Um, you know, but what, you know, it, it is usually what happens is ownership then general manager, head coach, quarterback. That's normally the way it kind of sort of, that's the, the, the way it usually tends to happen. This is a bit all over the shop just because of, you know, circumstances. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it, how it sort of plays out. Well, I'm just delighted this happened so quickly. And as I said, you started the show before it all kicks off tonight. So it's one of those things. Colm, is, is there, oh, there's, there, there's a great comment here from uh, AO350 Legend. You guys are awesome. Still rocking my Puerto Rico Broncos t-shirt. You guys have been. Thank you very much. <laughs> really appreciate that. It's been a long year since that happened. Uh, and not much has changed in Colorado. Colm, um, is there anything, like, taking Fangio and Shermer, etc. aside, is there anything that you can take away from yesterday? What did you make of Drew Locke? I I thought, like, you, Drew, Drew did as, as well as I think he could do. Given the everything that was there yesterday and and the the way in which the the Chiefs played, like did in in terms of he he ran it very well. He didn't pass it particularly well in the in the first half, but he passed it a lot better in, in the second. That pass to 
um, Tim Patrick was potentially um, the the best pass of um, certainly this year. I mean, you go back that the opening touchdown that he threw to Cortland Sutton um, for his very first touchdown pass, I think, um, when Mile High came alive. And I mean, at that point, Vic was on, like, you know, borrowed time. There were 19,000 no-shows when uh, Drew Locke made his debut. And um, that kind of gave life to it. And uh, But I, I think, like, we played them close. But ultimately, good teams find ways to win and bad teams find ways to lose. And that was there for the, the Broncos. I think what you, you take away from it is that they, we have some some very talented um, young players, but we need to develop them. With, without the right coaching staff in place, um, it, it you know it that that is the the issue. So ultimately, it is you know we lose we we lose for the thirteenth time in a row to to the Chiefs, and they roll on to to the playoffs. And I think what what you can also look at it, Michael, is potentially. When they they got Andy Reid, and the Chiefs were a mess right before Andy Reid rocked up there, and um, that that is something that is probably worth looking at. Like Reid, obviously, um, had you know tremendous success um, in the regular season with with the Eagles and had gone to a Super Bowl but hadn't won it, but um, you know had kind of gotten to the playoffs a, a number of years had um you know a couple of losing seasons a couple of seasons where he was eight and eight um in the 16 game season and then ultimately got fired for uh, a four and 12 year so you know getting the right retread can work but it has to be the the right fit and we know what a kind of a gregarious character Andy Reid is what a brilliant offensive mind he is but also people talk about his willingness to trust his assistants and I think that's kind of what you're you're looking for is somebody who um it's it's a fine balance it's really difficult because you've got to have ego enough to believe in yourself but a willingness to um give your coordinators um the space and freedom to do their work and that's what the best in the business do that's what your Andy Reid's do that's what your Bill Belichick's do that's what your Sean Payton's do and that's what you're 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 ultimately looking for so look the the Chiefs got him and they have they haven't had a, a single losing season since Andy arrived in Kansas in 2013. Orange and blue and brew Sorry, I'm going to say blue. Peyton is, uh, in my opinion, a really good GM, and I have faith in his vision. I, I have as well. Like, I don't really have much to not. Have the, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give him the time. I'm going to give him the decisions this season. Uh, and oh, please, God, a footballing man can make a footballing decision. Sure, uh, Melvin Gordon yesterday, 110 yards, 12 carries, uh, one touchdown. Obviously, towards the end, it didn't help. But uh, there were some positives taken the game yesterday, albeit we didn't win the game. Yeah, I mean, and in fairness, obviously, your initial reaction is, you know, blame. Well, mine was gone, you know, for God's sake, Gordon, yet another costly fumble. In fairness, Gordon, um, like, I think we were running three tight end sets a lot of the time yesterday. And I think there was three tight ends in on that play. And two of them decided to allow Melvin Ingram, who's been one of the most dangerous pass rushers, uh, just to go through completely unblocked. Gordon was whacked almost. 
at the same time as he received the ball. So, yeah, you would prefer he didn't fumble, but there were some mitigating circumstances in it. I thought he looked really good. I mean, I think we, we've kind of been speaking about it here a while. You know, the lock was slightly unfortunate, or maybe it was because people didn't uh, fear his arm, but um, the run game had disappeared against the uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Sorry, the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, the run game very much came back uh, yesterday, including Locke himself, which was uh, which was kind of fun. Um, so the uh, that was good to see. Um, I thought Locke had a had an up and down game. I thought he did okay. You know, obviously the two touchdowns were great. Um, you, you kind of got a little bit of everything from Locke yesterday. You kind of got a backwards throw to Fant, which was miles off the target that probably should have been a touchdown. Then you see the pass he drills to Tim Patrick on third down, which was just a superb throw. Um, you know, as I said before, there's a little bit for me, there's a little bit of regret every time I see Locke sort of pull out one of those throws because you kind of wonder what it might have been if they'd kept Gangrello or, or had an offensive coordinator who either trusted him or who was suited to his talents. But I think in fairness, like, big knock on lock was last year that he kept turning the ball over which he did he didn't have any turnovers um in his three starts now they didn't win any of those three games either but then again you know Vic tended not to win any games against the AFC West bar one or two against the Chargers um so you know and the defense did well again you've got guys who you know for every um fuller you know there's been a derby um, who, who was really, it's been really good. I know he didn't play yesterday. I thought Oji Moody had played well yesterday. I thought he showed up. I think he made an awful lot of tackles. He was unlucky not to have an interception. Um, so, in, you know, you, you cannot deny that Fangio has a system that is so effective that you can kind of plug guys in and they can be effective. Like Griffith, for example, the middle linebacker was somebody who I don't think really any of us had heard of up until a couple of weeks ago. And he's looked really good since he's come in. So we will miss that. But that's not to say that there aren't other good um, defensive coordinators out there. I mean, if Fangio is as good as he, as people say he is, and in fairness, it looks like he is, surely he's got some kind of tree now that you can sort of, you know, that was Staley was, was part of the, the Fangio tree to a point. So... You know, hopefully there's somebody out there that we can get that can sort of help replicate that. You know, a lot of the players are going to be still back there. I know quite a few of them are free agents, but the but the, the nucleus of that defense should still be there. Um, so they shouldn't take too much of a backward step. We desperately need pass rush, you know, for a team that, I mean, I've grown up with Broncos having serious pass rushes in just about every season. We don't really have one at all. Um, now, Von Miller going... Obviously, was a you know I think it was the right thing to do, but we haven't got much heat on quarterbacks at all since he's gone. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb. We've we've discussed Bradley Chubb at length on this program. I don't think now is the time to do it, but um, you know he was picked fifth in the draft. I'm not really sure Bradley Chubb has had a fifth pick in the draft uh, career up to this point. So we need to fix that. It's not as important as quarterback, obviously, but it's important because the Broncos part of their fabric part of it that you know there's been a history of a dangerous pass rusher on every broncos team that i can think of bar this one now so if you are just joining us pat Shermer has been relieved of his duties per mike Cliss. that's been uh just released over the last 20 or so minutes since we went live and obviously the main news is Vic fangio has been fired he's just made some remarks uh to the broncos saying it was an honor and a privilege to serve as head coach of the broncos I want to thank John Elway and Joe Ellis for giving me the opportunity to be part of this story franchise and special community when they hired me three seasons ago. 
Uh, over the past year, I'm grateful to have been able to work with George Payton and one of, in my opinion, our league's best general managers. Broncos fans, you have a great one. And George, the players, coaches and staff, thank you for the fight and the character you showed each and every week. No matter the adversity, circumstances or challenges, you never back down. I am proud to be associated with this group of fighters and competitors. Thank you all for your comments. I like that comment there. I said, Fanjo for DC. Let's see what happens. Any uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen, ahead of uh, this? This is the last show of the season before we look at like, the postseason for me. Um, just just disappointing. Just so many wasted opportunities, wasted uh, wasted avenues for this team. And the, the, the schedule was there. The players were there. The potential was there. The potential to get a quarterback in that maybe would have got us higher was there. And I'm just disappointed, but I'm glad in this situation now that uh, there have been very quick, no nonsense, no nonsense decisions, and hopefully we can move on from this column. Any final thoughts? I see that the Joe Ellis press conference uh, will be at noon Mountain Time today, but given that this news has come out, I don't think there'll be a huge amount in that press conference now. Uh, I, I do think this team will be sold, and the the question is, who will who will that be to? You're looking realistically at a, at a price because of gambling anywhere between four to six billion. So um, it's it's not that you can reach down the back of the the couch and find the, the money. Um, <laughs> so we we we'll we'll see, and I I think. Um, if I was a betting man, which you, uh, Michael certainly knows, Stuart, you probably know I am not. Uh, if I if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck. Um, but I, I would say that, oh, I, I think all signs potentially point to Dan Quinn as the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Stuart, any final words, my friend? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Dan Quinn, as I said, uh, as long as we get some innovation at uh at offensive coordinator um you know his best years in, in the falcons were when kyle shanahan who should be the head coach of the denver broncos um was uh was quinn's offensive coordinator the only thing that scares me with dan quinn is please god can a very very old and broken looking um matt ryan not come over to denver with uh with dan quinn because i think that would be that would be uh, just just Groundhog Day all over again. Uh, but we'll wait and see. I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's obviously it hasn't gone the way we wanted it to. We uh, we had high hopes going into the season. Um, I think for me personally, the 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 pretend quarterback competition kind of soured it for me a little bit. Um, and I think it, it there is a tendency to, or there is a, there is a justification looking at it as a wasted season. But this should be hopefully now the point where George Payton has made a lot of good positive moves up to this point. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he's made another positive move today in getting rid of Fangio and Shermer. Um, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He deserves the benefit of the doubt, and he has performed well up to this point. So all the signs point to him um, carrying out a proper exhaustive sort of, sort of um, thorough interview process. And I, I think he'll get it right. And if he does, then I think the other chips will begin to sort of fall into place. And hopefully um, this time next year, we'll be recording a podcast when we talk about the Broncos' upcoming playoff game. I like it. I, I saw a stat from um, Peter King who tweeted, 
um, that years this century, 2021, Broncos QBs this century, 22. I, I, this, this might not be the year, and let's see, maybe they will, but I would love to see the Broncos take a quarterback, say, within the next two years in the top 10. It's something this franchise has never done. I would love to see us do that, to take a QB in the top 10, commit to developing that QB and doing that. That's why you take QB in the first round is the uh, is the fifth-year option. But I, I think when you look at this franchise, our best-ever quarterbacks were both went number one in the draft, ended up here in, by different routes. But it tells you it doesn't mean it, it's a guarantee but generally, the higher you draft, the, the more likelihood for success. So I would, especially if you're moving up, because it generally means you have the foundations in place, I hope that we will see that under George Payton and the new head coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's been a... It's been a memorable season, I guess. It's it's one that I uh, will not forget soon, anyway. Uh, lads, just it's been it's been great to do this for, you for the last uh, eighteen weeks. I, I know we'll probably keep it up during the off season, anyway. But look, that that's it for the uh, football action. I want to thank also Mal High Report for the support, the opportunity to put our podcast on their network. It's uh, it's been a pleasure and quite frankly an honor. So f- thank you to them. I know we've got a a big three and a half four months now to the draft in Vegas. I think Stuart's paying for the flights. So, uh, yeah, lads, just thanks a million. And uh, yeah. What stays in Vegas, also... you're staying in Vegas. If we're I'm, I'm Vegas, staying right. in Vegas. <laughs> hopefully, we, hopefully we get the seventh pick. I, 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 would, I would say that we will end up doing a podcast within the next two weeks and the Broncos will have um, a new head coach in place by then. I think so too, Mick, and I, and I, I agree, Colm, because I think perhaps there, there's a bit of a the heat might have been put on because the Jaguars have already sort of to sort of yeah. uh, let it be known that the, the the candidates that they want to interview and there's some good names on that list, you know, so you don't want to get left behind. Um, so maybe there's that's part of 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 George Payton's planning here. It'd be great to see the names now. The Broncos have requested interviews with the following, you know, literally within the next 48 hours is what I would hope to see. We'll be back in the next seven to 10 days. No doubt at all about it. <laughs> I, I, I know we will be. Uh, thank you very much to Orange and Brew for your comment as well, about your support. And thank you for your support. And thanks to everybody for support today. Comment and interacting with us. Uh, probably not going to be our last ever video show. This could crack. Uh, but until then, uh, enjoy, enjoy week 18. Enjoy the playoffs. Not Indeed, and as like as always, even though it'll be what nine, nine months until competitive football, go Broncos! Go Broncos! See you later. Go Broncos! <laughs>